Once again, it is so good for you, for you, for us to have you with us this week. We're thankful that you have taken time to join us. Uh, it's been kind of crazy this year. I don't know if you've noticed it, but weather has been a little bit odd here in the Midwest. I don't know what it's like everywhere else where you're at, but it's been a little weird up here. Now, I don't just want to talk about the weather, but I want to specifically reflect on a storm that came through here at the beginning of the summer. It was one of the first two derechos, or whatever they're called, that went through this summer. It was, it was in May. You know those hundred-year storms that have come twice in one summer? Well, as I look back to that one that happened in May, I know that many of you are still dealing with the cleanup, ourselves included. And when this storm came through, our family was getting ready for graduation. Like, like many of you in the area, we were preparing for a child to graduate. Now, Eve is an organized type A person, and so everything was pretty much prepared, even though it was two weeks in advance. We were just putting some finishing touches on Miriam's graduation that was about two weeks out. And we were getting ready to make a quick trip to pick up something with the trailer. Now, there was a storm warning or a storm watch or something, so we told the kids, hey, stay in the house, don't be out and about. We'll be back in about 20 minutes. I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. Uh, we'll be relatively quick. And it seemed like the 20 minutes was going to be plenty of time. After all, the, the sun was still shining, and it didn't look like there was really any sort of threat. Now, as we were getting ready to leave, we, we look out to the west, I guess it would be the west, and we see this greenish-gray or black wall of cloud and dirt moving in our direction. My wise wife said something along the lines of, I think we had better park and get inside, which we did. Now, there's plenty of times that I don't agree with my wife for sure, but this wasn't one of them. I quickly parked our expedition and parked the trailer, and we ran down into the basement and, uh, and ran under the stairs. And as we were going down into the house and down into the basement, there was this wall of darkness like I had never experienced before that was engulfing our yard and then our house and then me and our family inside of the house. This was an experience I don't think I will ever forget we were without power, and this wind was howling like never before. And it was black, and I don't mean just kind of dark. I mean, it was complete, complete dark. Without a flashlight, you could not see your hand in front of your face. And I am not even exaggerating when I say this. And this is what I picture when I think about the darkness and the light that Jesus talks about in John 1, 5 and John 8, 12. Those are the verses I'm going to be preaching from today. Uh, let's take a quick look at them. We'll start in John 1, verses 4 through 5, where it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then, a little bit later in John 8, 12, we read this. It says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. The Apostle John and, and Jesus, they both clearly testify that Jesus is the light. And, and so if Jesus is the light, we should probably consider what some of the characteristics of light are if we're going to understand better what it means for you and me and how that light affects us. Now, one of those obvious ones is that, that light is necessary for us to see. Now, that day in May, 
it was extremely evident that this is the case. I was trying to get into the basement in the dark, and when the family was all together, again, in the dark, we couldn't see anything except with flashlights because it was, it was complete and total darkness. But we don't need a storm to remind us of this. Sometimes we wake up during the night and have to get to the restroom. This seems to be increasingly a reality in my life as I get older, but let's not even talk about that. Anyway, when we get up in the night, there are no lights on, and in those times when there's no moonlight, because it's not getting in through the blinds, or the curtains are closed, or it's cloudy, or whatever reason, when there's no moonlight, and it's the middle of the night, and no lights are on, it can be really difficult to see where you're going as you stumble towards the restroom or wherever else you might be trying to get to. Now, the same is true in life. The Apostle John tells us that, that the light of Jesus signs, shines into the darkness of the world. And as we try and navigate through life's decisions, through life's challenges, through life's opportunities, we definitely need some direction. We need some light to know where we are going. And as I look around the world around me, it seems really clear that there are some people who are wandering around in darkness right now. They are missing the wisdom necessary to make godly decisions. Now my guess is that many of you like nice stuff. I do too. I love nice stuff. And there's absolutely not, nothing wrong with having nice things. There is, however, something wrong with letting the desire for money and things rule your life or my life. Proverbs 28.20 talks about the negative consequences for those who are eager to get rich. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. But, but the flip side of the coin, besides the, the love of money, can have us living in darkness as well. It's not just the love of money that has us living in darkness. It can be like Proverbs 28, 18 says that, that those who, who don't want to work for their food, they have no drive, they're, they're, they're busy chasing fantasies instead of working. And that when that happens, they experience poverty. When we are in light, we will have a healthy view of money. We will have a healthy view of finances. We won't worship financial gain, but we will work to earn a living. While living in the light, we won't only build our bank accounts. That won't be the primary goal, but we'll desire to use what God has given us, however little or however much, for his good. But when we're in the darkness... We may not realize that our pursuit of money or our carelessness with money is ruining our lives. People with an unhealthy view of money are like that person walking around in the dark trying to find the restroom. Most likely they are going to kick something or trip some over something or do something that's going to cause them to get hurt. It seems like it's almost weekly that I'm, I'm also hearing stories of Kids who are facing poor treatment. Poor treatment at the hands of adults who are supposed to be protecting and caring for them. That's another example of darkness for sure. 
When, when I was speaking at VBS a couple of uh, weeks ago, we talked about how each of the kids had value and how each of the kids are loved by God. This is evidenced by the fact that, that he used a kid to provide food for the 5,000 plus people who had followed him, the 5,000 plus people who wanted to hear what he had to say. He used and worked through a kid and a kid's gift. But if it was only that one time with the feeding of the 5,000, my argument might seem a little weak. So check out Matthew 19, 14. There are kids who are, are in this story wanting to see Jesus. And his followers are trying to send them away and telling them that Jesus is too busy for them. And yet Jesus corrects his followers and says that those followers need to let the kids come to him. He wants the kids to be able to come to him. And if you look at John 9, verses 46 through 48, we see that as the people are debating who is the greatest, Jesus challenges them to love the children. In a time in history when, when children were largely viewed as property, Jesus says they have value. Isn't that just like Jesus? Isn't that like Jesus to love people whom society has overlooked? That is part of what it looks like to walk in light. When we're walking in light, even though the world doesn't see what God sees, as Christians... As the church, we do see what God sees. And it should cause us to live and love like Jesus does. Two weeks ago, we talked about how God didn't give us fear, yet there is a world around us living with all types of fear. They are walking in the darkness of fear, a fear that keeps them from doing what they should be doing to live the life that God desires them to live, that he created them to live. Light is necessary for us to see where we are going in a dark world. It also, the same light, also helps us see mistakes and correct our mistakes. On more than one occasion, I have started mowing the lawn later than I should, and before I'm done, it is dark. Of course, me being me, I don't want to carry that over to the next day, so I just keep going in the dark or with the, the minimal light, thinking that the lights on the mower are going to be enough for me to see where I'm going. But it's only in the light of the next day that I can see what I missed and all of the mistakes I made, and it just does not look good. It's a good thing I live out in the country. But when it comes to people being able to see our mistakes, Jesus helps us see our mistakes as well. In Psalm 139, 23 through 24, the psalmist says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way and lead me in the way everlasting. This isn't because we always want to have our failures pointed out, but instead it's about offering forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says that we, when we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. Jesus isn't sitting there wanting and waiting to, for an opportunity to condemn you. He desires to forgive you. It's a huge part of the reason he came to the earth, lived the perfect life that you and I can't live, and died the death that we deserve to die. It's an incredible love and a gracious gift of mercy that we don't deserve. When we are walking in the light, 
We will have our sins, we will have mistakes revealed to us so that we can confess them and so that we can correct them, but not because he desires to condemn us. Jesus wants us to grow and become more like him, and it's an incredible part of God coming in earthly form and modeling for us so many parts of life. And it brings us to this next thing that we know about light. It's that light is necessary for growth. Light is necessary for growth. It goes back to what we we learned in our early years of of science in uh, the schools, at least the schools I was a part of and my kids were a part of. Um, It's the idea that light combines with other resources for a plant to create sugars or whatever they need to grow. Light is necessary for growth. The idea of, of, of Christians is that we are little Christs, little Jesuses. We're imitating the light. We are imitating Jesus. We are following Jesus. I've talked before about one of the classes that I took in college called Spiritual Formations. At least I, I believe that was the name. I, I don't completely remember, but I think it was called Spiritual Formations. And part of this class was to to go over the spiritual disciplines which help us connect more with God. They are things like meditation, prayer, Bible reading, fasting, and I'm sure there were others. Jesus is the light And connecting with him is necessary for our spiritual growth. But the value of life is more basic than simple growth. Light is actually necessary for all of life. There isn't light, then there isn't a plant that's growing. And if there's no plants that are growing, then the herbivores are all dying. That, that'd be an obvious illustration of, of light related to life. But I'll give you another one. We have a bearded dragon and a turtle in our house, a red-eared slider. And both of these reptiles, I think turtles are reptiles, maybe I'm wrong, they need light to be healthy. And in fact, the turtle, if he doesn't have light, his, shaw, his, his shell will become soft And as you can imagine, that's not a good thing for a turtle. It's not healthy. It will end up dying. The same thing can be true for us as people. We need the light of the world that's available. We need Jesus if we are truly going to live. And in fact, we talked about that last week in John 10.10. How... how I think that's the passage, how he came so that we could have life. Jesus came that we could have life to the fullest. And to have that life, we have to have a relationship with God, which is made only possible through Jesus and the forgiveness that Jesus offers. That's the gospel, the good news, because because of the light, we realize that we are sinners. We realize that we do things that are displeasing to God, but God offered forgiveness by way of Jesus. Jesus came and lived a perfect life before dying on the cross. He was the the perfect sacrifice. Someone or something had to die for the wrong we have done. And that something or someone was Jesus. 
Jesus did it. And when we realize that we are sinners in need of forgiveness, and then we realize that Jesus died and offered us that forgiveness, we can simply acknowledge this to God and accept his gracious gift. We can let him know that we want to live in relationship with him. When we do this, he has promised that he will forgive us and he will save us from our sin. This is the idea of living in the light. Living in the light is living in relationship with Jesus. And when we live in relationship with Jesus, who is the light, we grow and we become more like him. How many of you have a telescope or have had a telescope? There are some cool things that you can see with a telescope. Now, they're not quite as amazing as what you see through that James Webb Space Telescope thing that's, that online a couple months ago started showing photos of the galaxies that are way, way out there. But even though they're not that big and can't see all of that, they're still pretty cool. I have to, I have had opportunity to use a telescope. I, I had a telescope that I, was not super high tech, but I used it to see stars and the moon. And when you look at the moon, you can see the craters and, and all the different things that are part of the moon. And it's pretty amazing. The moon has ca captured and captivated people's imaginations for a very long time. It's part of the reason that NASA and others sent people to the moon was so they could check it out in person and see what we could learn from it in person. And you probably noticed this past week that we actually had a full moon. And during a full moon, it can be pretty bright outside at night as the sun reflects the moon, or actually as the moon reflects the sun, I should say, uh, and all of its glory. A person can actually see so much more during a full moon than when there is only a sliver of the moon showing, or during a complete lunar eclipse for that matter, because those nights get pretty dark, obviously. Not as dark as that storm, but it's still dark. But a full moon brightens the sky. It brightens the night. And one of the last points I want to make is that light can be experienced indirectly. As followers of Jesus, our lives should be reflecting him and his life to a world around us. When they look at us, they should see characteristics of the one that we follow. Our lives should show more than, than our lives should show a love that is bigger than any normal love. Jesus talks about a, a normal love in Luke 6.32 and says that that love is a love that loves people who loves you back. A love that loves G, like Jesus does is in Luke 6.35 where we're told to love our enemies. That's a love like Jesus loves. Are people experiencing the light of Jesus indirectly through your life? If not, you may need to spend some time with the light asking him to recharge or refocus your light. Now, in all this talk of lights and its attributes and what we can learn from it, please don't miss the main point. The main point is that Jesus, Jesus is the light of the world. That's the main point. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the one who provides hope during your darkest moments. Jesus is the one who offers forgiveness. 
It really is all about Jesus. Be sure you're taking the time and the opportunity to worship Jesus. We worship him for what he reveals about us and in our lives, as well as how he helps us to grow. We worship him for the forgiveness he offers and the unconditional unconditional love that he gives. Light can be taken for granted. When we make time to connect with him and to honor him for who he is, it helps ensure we aren't taking Jesus and all that he offers for granted. Quite a while ago, Eve brought me a, a really nice watch that is uh, actually, in large part, solar-powered. And I love that watch. But about four years ago, I switched to an Apple watch, and that's what I wear daily. So this other watch, this other really nice watch, ended up in a drawer. And it was away from all light and any possible hope of light. Now one day I pulled the watch out of the drawer and it wouldn't work at all. It wasn't until I placed that, that watch in direct sunlight for a day or so that it would once again tell time. Christian, do not be like that watch and spend so much time in the dark that you are no longer serving the one you belong to. Spend time in the light, connecting with the light of the world. Worship him so that you keep your focus on him. And when you do, you will reflect him brighter than you have in the past. And you will have the energy, the energy needed to to be who he created you to be and to be loving others the way he created you to love and living the life he created you to live. It's all because of him. It's all because you are in relationship with the light of the world that that happens. God in heaven, we're so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to be the light of the world. We're thankful for for his forgiveness. Jesus, we're thankful that you laid down your life and died a death that You didn't deserve to die because you loved us. We're thankful that you taught us and continue to teach us how to love and how to live. That you modeled that life for us. Help us, God, keep our eyes on you. Jesus, help us to see you and to follow you closely, to become more like you. And when we make mistakes, and we will make them, and when I make mistakes, because I will make them, I pray that you would help me and help us to have that heart and that desire that says, in the light of you, Jesus, I see my shortcomings and I confess them to you. Make me right with you. God, help us to be more like you. Help us to shine a light into a dark world, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you in your faith journey. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com or email us at office at therescuechurch.com.